And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Sports Association podcast. I am your commissioner and your host, Brandon Kurtzman. This is episode 180 today, 180 episodes, man. We started this in uh, summer of 2018, and now we're 180 episodes in. Week three recap, week four preview. Um, Week three was very interesting. The weather was, the first time this year, the weather was very shitty, um, very cold, very windy. Um, if you played on the field that's closer to the main entrance to the field of the blue field, you had the wind going with you. If you played on the opposite field, you had the wind going against you, which made it very hard to throw. So one thing I'll say is that if you were playing on the far field from the main entrance to the field, I kind of give you a pass for this weekend as it was very hard to move the ball through the air for most of the quarterbacks. Um, some made it work. Others were not able to figure out a recipe for that type of weather. Um, games this week for week four, we will be back at Sayreville High School. Um, we haven't been there since week one. That has nothing to do with anything. Just that these are the days that I have the permits for each field. So we will be at the, we will be at the high school, uh, this weekend. And yeah, very excited for week four, but let's talk about week three first. All right. All right, we'll start with the 9 o'clock game. 9 o'clock game was, first game was the Vikings versus the Cowboys. Um, This was a game that my team absolutely needed. Uh, We were coming off a week in which we fell twice to two of the better teams in the league. Kind of humbled me, humbled my team. uh, Put us in a spot where we were 1-3 and and kind of needed to start racking up some wins. This was a game against the Dan Anarella and company. Um, who, for lack of a better phrase, they just did not want to be there. Um, nine o'clock game, really cold, wind was, was howling, um, and they just had no energy. My team had, the Vikings had a lot more energy in the beginning of the game. Uh, I called my team soft the night before the game. Hopefully that amped them up, and it definitely did. Anas had a huge game on the defensive line, had multiple sacks. KT was a beast in the trenches as well. Uh, and then the show was the Charade brothers, Dylan and Zach, I think combined for three or three touchdowns. I had a couple on the ground and we rolled to a 32 to seven victory. Uh, the Cowboys definitely just did not want to be there. And I, I, listen, I'm not going to say, I don't, I, I don't blame you because did I really want to be there either playing in that, in that weather? No, but no excuse. You had to go out there and get the job done. And we were able to go out there and kind of cruise to a nice victory i know that if we saw them in better weather that would definitely have been a different story dan was one of the few quarterbacks that was able to still push the ball down the field through the air uh with the wind being as ferocious as it was but just wasn't able to really put points on the board they got inside the red zone once or twice and wasn't able to convert but our defense played really well in this game i was very impressed with how we bounced back after a really bad week week two where we took two losses and uh yeah, I, I I like where my team is heading. I like that we're we're uh we were able to bounce back from really bad adversity. And as for the Cowboys, I'm gonna just look for them to do the same as what we did, which is bounce back from a tough loss or tough losses, I should say. Um, I'm not worried about this Cowboys team. They got a lot of talent: Liam Casey, Chris Cruz, uh, Anthony Ponte. They didn't have Austin this week. They had someone sub for them. I didn't know who it was, but I do believe Austin will be back this week. So um, I expect the Cowboys to look a lot better than they did on this day, that they will look much better in in week four when they play against the Bills. 
and the Raiders. So it's going to be a big week four for the Cowboys. I expect to bounce back from them. Um, but just week three just wasn't their day. Uh, they just weren't really able to get the offense moving early, and we were able to jump out in front to three early scores, and before they knew it, it was 26 nothing. So, um, like I said, if you play on that field, I'm not going to put a lot of stock into it because, A, they didn't really want to be there, and, B, it was very hard to move the ball, plus very cold. But those are the days where you see which team really like wants to play and who wants to play football. And uh, on this day, the Vikings wanted to play a little bit more than the Cowboys did. So uh, 32-7 final, Vikings come out on top. Um, as you can see, I'm by myself for this podcast. So, uh, you're going to be hearing a lot of, and only my voice. All right. Other nine o'clock game was the Steelers versus the Lions. Lions were playing without captain Joe Liotta. Ving Gargano stepped in at quarterback. Um, the Steelers win this game 24-0. Maybe it was 26-0. I'm not entirely sure. Got to figure that out based on the film. Um, but basically what I saw in the film was that, the Steelers were able to move the ball, but the Lions did a really good job um, creating pressure, forcing Laguna into dump offs, forced him into some incomplete passes. I like the way their defense played through this season. I think they've had they've had good defensive games, but their offense just hasn't really been able to figure it out. They haven't scored over twenty points in game yet this season. Um, just a little worried about how their offense is going to move the ball and put the ball in the end zone because they just really haven't been able to do that yet this year. They fall to zero and three on the season after this game. Um, it'll be 0 and 4 after the day was over. The season's not over for them by any means. It's a 10 game season. You only need a, probably only need three wins, three, four wins to make the playoffs with 10 of the 13 teams making it. But right now they're on the outside looking in and they need to figure it out and they need to figure it out kind of fast. Um, who's going to play quarterback? Who's going to be on the offensive line? How is the offensive line going to block? Are we going to get continued, um, attendance problems for them, or are they going to start showing up in full? I know they had some real life issues that they needed to handle for some of the players in this past week. So I'm not going to sit here and bash them for not being at full attendance. But, um, one of the biggest things in this league is having a team that shows up in pretty much in full or almost in full week in and week out to big, to build continuity and to put yourself in the best position to win. And on this day, they did play really good defense. I, sh- I want to shout out, um, Hardigan, uh, Anthony Leota, I thought had a really good game in this one on the defensive line. They just really weren't able to get a lot of sacks on Laguna, and that's really the key to beating them and slowing down their offense. Got to get to them, got to get to them fast, and you got to pull flags and rally to the football. Um, their defense was really good at forcing them into long possessions, forcing them into completing five, six plays to put score points on the board. Uh, Vin moved the ball a little bit, but they just really weren't able to get the flow going. The Steelers have a very good team. I do believe currently they are the best team in the league, in my opinion. Um, I know there's a lot of teams in the league that probably think they're the best team in the league. And listen, if you are in this league, you should think you're on the best team in the league. You should think your team can beat anyone on any given day. Um, but if I had to pick a team right now that I thought was the best, I would pick the Steelers top to bottom. I think they have a really good team. Um, they're fast. They pull flags well. They communicate very well on defense. And... Through three games, I think they've only allowed 36 points. They have two shutouts on the season and 36 points all to the Chiefs. And Tommy Galante is probably one of the best at putting up points in this league in the short history that we've been around. Um, so, they listen, they got a really good team. I'm not worried about them in any way. Uh, the Lions, I'm not worried about them. I just think that they need to figure it out and figure it out fast. They got two games this week coming up. And they're going to have to kind of, not I'm going to say make a statement, but they're going to have to show that they can move the ball, put points on the board consistently, and continue to play that good defense. Because 
I talked with uh, a couple of the Lions players after the games were over, and they could easily be 2-on-2 two two on the season. They lost a one-point game to the Bills in Week 1, which they held a 13-0 lead, and they were up on the Bengals in a game that the Bengals started with five guys. So they let two games get away from them, and then in this day they went 0-2. But I'm not worried about them. I'm just they need to kind of get it together and really figure it out. So, um, yeah, Steelers win 24-20. Um, Steelers looking like one of the better teams, if not the best team in the league through three weeks. All right, next game, we'll stick with the Lions. They played against the Raiders, who are, after a week one loss, have won two straight. Sit at now 2-1 after a 28-12 victory over the Lions. Um, The Raiders look good. Chris Hogreave is playing well. He's moving the football. He's really using his legs out there, which I love to see when quarterbacks are running with the football. Um... And he's really doing a good job of getting everyone involved. Cody, uh, Dwan, Dariel, who's been their touchdown maker all season. Um, they got a lot of guys, a lot of weapons. And then Ray Cofano on the defensive line has been absolute animal this season. Uh, he's definitely amongst the league leaders in sacks. When I get all the stats updated, we'll do some top fives, top tens to get everyone seeing where they, where they rank in the league in terms of stats. But... Uh, Ray is definitely going to be up there in terms of sacks because he is a menace. He's a very good flag puller in the backfield and their defensive line does a very good job at collapsing the pocket and forcing quarterbacks into uncomfortable situations. And if receivers aren't getting open quickly and Vin had nowhere to go with the football, he had to try to make something, a play, make a play, try to find an, uh, an open lineman. Hardigan had a bunch of catches in this game. Um, I really like Nicky Venti for this Lions team. He's a really, he's a, he's a twitchy slot receiver player that I told after the, the games I would love to play with him uh, on, on one of my teams one day. So I hope he continues to play in the league. Um, he's got good hands. Vin found him a few times down the field, but, uh, they just really weren't able to sustain consistent offense again in this game. They did put up 12 points. They they were uh, they cut it to 12-6 at one point in this game. Thought they were going to really make it a game. But uh, the Raiders were able to pull ahead, win this game 28-12, to put themselves at 2-1. Hogreef and this team are really feeling themselves. They got ace this week. They had ace in the middle of the defense, um, back where he belongs. And... Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about the Raiders. They have a really good, they have a very, very, very good defense. They pull flags very well. You didn't see many um, broken plays that, like broken plays by the opposing offense that ter- because of missed flag pulling. Um, they're a very experienced team and they're a team that has a lot of chemistry and likes to play together. So um, that can go a long way for a team that some thought maybe didn't have, quote unquote, the most talent in the league. I'm not saying I was saying that. I'm saying that was murmurs around the league that Chris maybe overdrafted some of his friends or guys that he wanted to play with. Well, that, that go, it goes a long way in amateur sports, playing with guys who you have chemistry with and who you know where they're going to be and that you know they, that they know their responsibilities on the field every single play. So, um, I really like this Raiders team. I think they got. I think they got a good bunch, and they're going to be tested this week. They got two games against two uh, against two good opponents. Uh, so very excited to see where they rank really amongst the top teams in the league. They took a, a, a close loss in Week One to the Jaguars. They could easily be three and zero on the season, but they do sit at two and one. I think they sit at third. They sit in fifth place currently in the standings, but. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, I think we're going to see the standings kind of separate a little bit, see how the teams in the top separate themselves from the teams in the middle and the bottom. Um, as for the Lions, I talked about them before. I just want to see sustained, consistent offense moving the football. Your defense, honestly, is not the problem. 
Um, they had multiple stops in this game against the Raiders. They um, need to probably do a little bit better of a job forcing turnovers. But I do believe that teams and quarterbacks are being way more careful with the football, trying not to turn the ball over because that's kind of just how you that, that's how you lose football games. So um, kudos to Hogreef and the Raiders squad. They picked up the big win. You get to two and one. I like where they're heading. And as for the Lions, I talked about them already. They uh, need to figure it out and figure it out fast. All right, other 10 o'clock game was the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins. The Kansas City Chiefs win this game 36-6 behind the dynamic duo of Malik Presley and Tommy Galante, the MVP and offensive player, reigning reigning MVP and reigning offensive player of the year, got right back on track, uh, continued on their winning ways um, with a big win. It was the first game of their doubleheader. And they were able to kind of cruise in the second half because they were up by so much. Malik had a big day. Tommy had a big day. Uh, Dennis Sutton continues to be a great second option behind Malik in this offense. Remy, very good flag puller, continues to strengthen that defense. I like Chris Fitzgerald as well, uh, playing in the DB spot. I guess if I had to say anything about this team, it would just be consistently getting to the quarterback and grabbing the flag. James Whitcock was back this week for the Chiefs. And I thought he did a really good job. I thought he did a good job on both sides of the trenches for them. Um, they have a complete team. And when you have Tommy Glante and you have Malik on this squad, you can, you can put up points with anybody and you can play defense with anybody. So, um, I expect nothing but a lot of wins from here on out. They sit at two and two in sixth place in the standings. Um, but they're looking like a team that no surprise to many that is going to be fighting near the end of the season for championship aspirations. Um, Listen, they they honestly dominated this game. The Finns weren't really able to move the ball, weren't able to really get on get offense consistently rolling. They scored one touchdown um, on a long play. But other than that, they really Negron really wasn't able to get the offense moving. Second week in a row, the offensive line did not do a good enough job blocking for him. There were some plays that they did good job and Negron had time, but just hasn't been able to see the field as well as he'd like to through three weeks. I know he's battling some leg injuries and ankle, whatever knee I saw. On Instagram, he was in his rehab session or whatever. So um, hopefully they uh, bounce back in the next week. They got to start picking up wins. They're another team that's sitting at 0-3, 0-4 after the second game of their doubleheader. Um, but we've seen this with Negron before. Uh, Negron-led teams always struggle early and then somehow figure it out. What I'll say about the Dolphins this year is you need to start playing. You need to start priding yourself on defense because that's where Negron's teams have always won games. They've won games by playing good defense, allowing Negron to stay in the game on offense and kind of just figure it out as the game goes along, but not feeling like they need to hurry up and push the pace on offense and score quickly because I don't think that's where Mike's at his best. I think Mike's at his best where he can calmly find receivers in the short and intermediate and kind of let them do the work for them. Um, we still need to find him a sub for Dan Dexter. So that'll be something that I'm hopefully getting finalized this weekend. Um, but they're another team that needs to figure it out quick. They need to um, get back on track. They need to start putting up more points because on this day they only put up six. They only have uh, they only have thirty points or so on the season through four games. Not going to cut it. We've you've heard me say this about Mike Negron led teams before, but listen, in the two seasons he's played quarterback. They figured it out towards the middle and the end of the season, and they've made a run. And they've made a run to make the playoffs both of those seasons. So I'm not going to give up on this team yet. They got a lot of talent. They just need to do a little bit better job on defense. Flag pulling was very poor for them in this game, 
and they just listen every defense starts with creating pressure on the quarterback and forcing them into bad decisions forcing them into sacks turnovers that kind of thing so I think the key for the Dolphins is going to be the opposite of the real Miami Dolphins is play defense and allow your offense to kind of stay in the game as Negron continues to figure it out with this bunch um yeah Kansas City wins the game 36 to 6 Tommy and Malik were right back where they uh usually are all right, we'll stick with the Chiefs in their second game against the Bengals. They win this game 39-14. to 14. Um, They kind of dominated this game. Uh, Sam Allen, they were playing on the field where the wind was ferociously against them, and it affected a lot of Sam's throws. Uh, Tommy was kind of able to get through the wind with his arm, and Sam at times, which, like myself— not the strongest arms, so sometimes the wind was able to take the football, but the the Chiefs did a really good job of creating pressure. Sam obviously gets the ball out fast for the most part, but on plays that it wasn't there early, um, he just had, didn't really have enough time. The Chiefs did a good job generating pressure through sending three and four guys at him. Um, I think that's a I think that's a recipe that could work against the Sam Allen at quarterback just because it forces him to make throws under pressure. But if you get caught in a four man rush on a screen, you could be outnumbered in the secondary, and that could lead to a long score for the the three headed monster receiver and Keanu Jake and uh, Connor Mullen. Keanu, who's had a great season so far for Sam, um, I like their connection. I would love to see Jake get a little bit more involved. I feel like. Um, if it's not the screen game for him, we're not seeing a lot of it. I could be wrong about that, but just kind of how I'm feeling based on when I'm watching the games on the field, plus when I'm watching the games um, at home on YouTube. So I'm not worried about the Bengals. This was their first loss of the season. They fell to 2-1 after this game. Um, wasn't a good showing, but like I said, they were their offense was playing on the side of the field where the wind was disgustingly bad. So I'm not going to hold it against them. Um, but we'll talk later about what their team's going to be looking like going forward with a quarterback injury that occurred in game two. But in this game, I thought the Chiefs did a really good job right back where they left off. They scored another 39 points, putting them at 75 for the day, which um, was only topped by the Steelers in week two, courtesy of me. Um, and yeah, they pull out a 39 to 14 victory. They didn't have to sweat in either game. I said the time right before I said, I think you got a two and O day coming up. Uh, and he, he held me true to that statement. Uh, there's not much more I got to say about the chiefs. They, they got a two headed monster that is, uh, second to none at times at basically for the most part. Um, and if you can't stop them, you're going to have a tough time beating this chiefs team. Um, as for the Bengals, got a good team, talented squad, going to make some noise, uh, got a lot of guys that can play some really good defense, and I think that's also kind of where they need to hang their hats, the Bengals. I think they need to do a better job just on defense in general. Uh, don't allow as many points, be better flag pullers, and when you get to the quarterback, make sure we're finishing those plays with sacks because I feel like there were a lot, at least in the second game that I saw, that just were not being converted into sacks when they were right next to the quarterback. Just have to be able to pull the flag and make the play and end the play. But that's flag football. The quarterbacks are very good at escaping the pocket and making plays for themselves. So uh, I'm not worried about either of these teams. They're both sitting two and two after this week. And I think that they will both be fine going forward, even with the Bengals' Sam Allen injury. All right, let's go to the other 11 o'clock game, which was the Dolphins' second game of the day playing against the 49ers, who I did not 
I completely forgot that Suroff wasn't showing up when talking about it on the preview podcast. I was um, I was informed the day before, but I had just honestly completely forgot that he was not going to be there. So Suroff was not there. Augie steps in at quarterback. And if you watch the film on this game, the Dolphins just did not want to be there in game two. Um, their flag pulling was porous. Uh, the Niners were getting long touchdowns. I think they only ran 14 offensive plays, 13 offensive plays, including conversions. Uh, Bullen had a touchdown. Sedano had a long one. Augie had a couple rushing. Um, they, they had two pick sixes. It, it was a it was a really tough day for the Dolphins. They lose a combined, Jesus, uh, 83 to six. So, Worst day than I had two weeks ago, but that doesn't mean you can't bounce back. It's all it's all how you play from week to week and day to day. We see teams in the NFL all the time who get blown out and then the next week come out and win a game against a team that they maybe shouldn't beat. So um, I'm not telling the Finns that they're doomed, but you just, you just got to figure it out. You got to start being better on defense and priding yourself on getting stops and not allowing teams to score a lot of points on you. Um, I know two of the touchdowns scored by the Niners were on pick sixes, but it's not. It can't all just fall on the ground and the quarterbacking. It falls on the offensive line. It falls on the defense not getting stops. I mean, listen, I, I was watching this game um, in between having to ref and whatnot, and there were just it was long touchdown after long touchdown. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The Dolphins had zero energy in the second game, and the Niners had a lot of energy. And Augie came in with a good game plan, get the ball out fast and run, and it worked to perfection. And they win this game 47-0, and I may add that this game was cut short because the Dolphins were kind of just over it, which I understand. Um, with that being said, I like the Niners, even with Suroff coming back and playing quarterback. I'm not worried about them. He's the better quarterback on this team. Suroff, um, I heard Suroff was asking the team if he if if he even wanted if they even wanted him to be quarterback, and they all said yes. You were definitely our quarterback, and I would also say that Suroff should be their quarterback. I think Augie is an elite receiver, elite talent, um, but he needs to get the ball more. And I think you saw in this game what it could look like if Augie is touching the ball every most plays. Not saying every play, obviously, but. Augie definitely needs to touch the ball more in this offense at receiver. And I think that when Suroff comes back this week, you will see that incorporated into the game plan. Augie is an electric electric player, hard flag to pull with his spin moves and his weird dipping uh, hit movement. So I like this team. I think if him and Sedano get really going on the offense side of the ball, they could be a scary team. Offensive line-wise, they got to figure it out a little bit. J.K. Will, I don't remember what the snaps were like, but I assume they were better because... Uh, we didn't hear about it at the field. So I imagine that got taken care of. So Niners win this game 47-0. Dolphins need to get back on track. But we've seen teams in this league get shut out like that and then come back the next week and play amazing. So just pride yourself on playing defense and helping your offense and helping your quarterback uh, be the best he can be with what you got. So uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with them. All right, 12 o'clock games. There were two 12 o'clock games, and that ended our day. The first game was the Bills versus the Bengals. Um, Honestly, crazy game. And I was watching it in between plays when I was roughing the other game. And there it felt like it was just big play after big play after big play. The Bills were up in this game by two scores, I believe, or maybe it was, uh, eight, po- maybe it was eight points or whatever. But um, the Bills could have just ran out the clock, won the game. But for some reason, Sobes throws a deep ball to... Not going to lie, he was wide open, but he put it in the air for so long and it allowed Keanu to get all the way back and make a play and actually pick six it or near pick six it. 
Um, Connor Mullen had to step in in this game at quarterback because I believe on the third or fourth play of the game on offense, Sam Allen rolled up on his shoulder and I believe maybe has like a sprained AC joint. Uh, he's going to be out a few weeks. Um, he needs to get that better. But in the in the interim, Connor Mullen is a good quarterback. He has a really strong arm. He could throw it down the field at uh, very, very well. He's also pretty decent at reading the field from what I saw. I'd like him to be a little less jittery in the pocket. Felt like a lot of times he'd like go to run, realize he can't, try to step back and throw. Maybe that's just part of his game, and I'm not going to tell him how to play quarterback. Um, just kind of what I observed while watching. But I like him as a quarterback, and I like him for this team because even with him coming out of playing receiver, now he's playing quarterback, and he still has two dynamic weapons in Jake and Keanu on the outside. Uh, I know he threw a long touchdown to Keanu in the second half that kind of got them back into it for a little bit. Um, but as long I, I'm not I'm not downgrading this team with Connor playing quarterback. I think Connor is a little bit better of an athlete than Sam Allen is, um, and he definitely has a stronger arm. So this could bode well for their offense. But I do think I'm not I'm not I wouldn't say I've lost faith in Sam at quarterback at all because they were two and one before he got hurt. So. Um, yeah, Connor's a good quarterback. I'm not worried about this Bengals team. Just want to see them be a little bit better on defense as well. Um, allowed 39, and I had 27-26 final in this game for the Bills. So not not a great showing for their defense. I think their defense can be way better than they showed. They missed a lot of sacks, especially in the second game. Um, I didn't say I didn't see it as much in the first game. But if they're generate, they can, they're able to generate pressure with Roman and um, Marola and Jake was out there. But I know Jake's playing a little hurt right now. Um, so this Bengals team, I know they fall to 0-2 on the day, 2-2 on the season, but long season, only four games in, still got six, six games to go for them. So, uh, I'm not worried about them yet. I uh, just would love to see, I would love to see at least one win on this day for them. As for the Bills, um, Sobes is figuring it out again. Uh, he's going back to running the football more, uh, getting the ball out fast to Russo, getting the ball out fast, uh, threw a couple deep balls to Cam, Cam had topped, uh, couple players in the in, on a deep ball in the end zone for a touchdown Nick Douglas dropped a, a touchdown on fourth down that would have probably put the bills up for good um yeah I just wouldn't I just don't like to see that late interception that kind of puts the game back into potential um blowing it for them that, that interception that Keanu had really put them in a tight spot um for a time before they were able to finish out the win. The, the Bengals went for two for the win in this game instead of going for one for the tie. Didn't get it, so that's why the final score was 27-26. But you could be looking at a bang. I think the Bengals made the right decision as well to go for two, especially when you're in the second half of a doubleheader, second half of a second game of doubleheader. Um, you're trying to get out of there. It was really cold. I don't blame them going for two for the win. I think a lot of teams in that situation and in many situations in this league go for two for the win in that situation. So... Uh, I don't fault them at all. I want to see them have a little bit better attendance. I think they've been the like one of the worst attendance teams in the league. Haven't seen A Rod consistently there. Um, have guys showing up late to later games. So uh, you're gonna hear me say it a lot. I'm not worried about them, but there's just things that inconsistencies that we're seeing that need to be cleaned up. And it's the middle of the season, and now Sam going out with an injury. Connor has to step in. Had a great first game against the Bills. Uh, I think he'll only get better as season goes on and as long as Sam is out. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand on both these teams. I like the Bills. The Bills sit at 3-1 and one now. 
Uh, you heard us during the draft recap. Pre the draft recap, I really like this Bills team going into the season. They have a, a very physical offensive line, physical and big defensive line as well, and they got DBs to match it in the back and the secondary, and they got good receivers. So, um, I think they are definitely one of the top teams in the league. And I think that as long as Sobes plays turnover-free football, they're going to put themselves in really good positions to win games. So uh, Bills 3-1, and one, Bengals fall to 2-2. Two and two. Last game of the day, and may have been the most thrilling game, was the Oilers versus the Chargers. The Oilers win this game 12-7 to seven on a last-second touchdown by Mikey Gargano. Um, in this game, the score was 0-0 at halftime. Collis showed, Collis showed up with 50 seconds to go in the first half. Um, Mikey was pulled at the two yard line on the first possession of the game. Um, or maybe the, the half yard line on the first possession of the game. They weren't able to convert on a drop, drop touchdown by Drew. And then after that, neither team really even got close to the end zone outside of the one Oilers touchdown that was scored in the second half. Then down six, nothing second half, last possession of the game, minute 52 to go. Collis first play of the drive goes 45 yard touchdown run takes the lead on a conversion to Claude, goes up 7-6, and then on the final possession, um, after a roughing the passer call, Mikey scores in the last play of the game on a touchdown run with, uh, I believe it was Giroux as the the lead blocker for him. Uh, Crazy game, crazy win for them. The Oilers honestly needed that game a lot more than the Chargers did. The Chargers were 2-0 going into the game, and the Oilers were staring 1-3 in the face prior to that last play. So there was no drop in this game. Mikey played quarterback. I think that's how we're going to see the Oilers. Um... Going forward, I think we're going to see Mikey playing quarterback and Drock playing receiver, which I believe is the best spot for both of them. I wouldn't stop getting Drock some touches at quarterback just because his running ability, especially on a day like that where he probably could have been really good at, a, at running the ball in that game because they do have a physical offensive line. This was a very, very physical game um, in the trenches. You had Hughes, Caleb Hunt, uh, DeLon, Fumundo, um Claude, Giroux. Mikey, a lot of guys that like to rough it up in the trenches. So uh, you're going to see physical football when you're playing against Chargers, the Oilers, the Bills, the Steelers, just a lot of teams that have a lot of big bodies to throw at you. And I'm not worried about both of these teams. I think the Chargers, I said it last week, and I'm still going to say it after this loss, they're still one of the best teams in the league. They can, I think Collis playing on that field with the wind was not good for him because he like us doesn't like like I'd say like me doesn't have the strongest arm in the world and his game isn't really suited for a game where the the wind is blasting around like that so um yeah the Oilers win this game I don't think either offense really looked good the defense has played much better in this game than the offenses um the Oilers did a good job of stopping the run forcing Collis into throwing um, they were at, at points, they were only rushing one guy, which I thought was crazy, but it was clearly working outside of the last, the one touchdown play they had. I thought the Oilers defense played amazing, honestly, outside the one touchdown run. They did a great job at containing Collis on the outside, forcing him into throwing the ball rather than running the ball where he's obviously at his best. Um, and yeah, the Oilers win 12, seven, but like, like I said, it's a regular season game. It's in week three. These teams are going to look way different come week seven. Um, and I like both these teams going forward. The Oilers sit at two and two. The Chargers sit at two and one with a double header this week upcoming. So big week for the Chargers. So very excited to see how they bounce back from the close loss that they had in week three. 
All right, that was 30 minutes of me talking about the games. Um, I'm going to give you quick power rankings. It's going to be way different than what the standings look like. It's my impression of where I think the teams are at this point in the season has nothing to do. I'm telling you right now, these power rankings that I'm about to say for myself have nothing to do with your record, your who you've beaten and who you haven't beaten. Um, cause I know Tommy loves to talk about on the power rankings. Well, if you beat this team, you have to be ranked ahead of them. That's not what power rankings are to me. Power rankings to me are, how do you look? Where do I see your season going at this point? And what have you, and also what have you done this far? But I'm looking more at project power rankings are usually for me more about projecting out what I think your team is going to look like come week six right now. So here's how I look at the teams. I got Steelers as my number one team. I have the Chargers as my number two team. I have the Bills as my number three team. I have the Chiefs as my number four team. I have the, hmm, this is where it gets a little interesting because you got a lot of teams in the middle here. I would probably put myself at number five, and I know everyone's going to scoff at that, but I just think we took two losses to the teams. Two of my three losses are to two teams that I have at one and two in the power rankings. So I have myself at five. I got the Raiders. No, I got the, mm, I got the Jaguars at five, six. I got the Raiders at seven. I have the Cowboys at. Mm, this is where it gets. I know. I probably got the Niners at eight. I got the Cowboys at. No, I got the Oilers at nine. Cowboys at ten. Uh, who did I not say? Bengals at eleven. Lions at twelve. Dolphins at thirteen. Right now, I think that's how I have it. Right now, I may have maybe mixed up a little bit in the middle. I think the middle. Five or six teams are very interchangeable. Uh, it's just kind of what I feel about you, how I feel about your quarterback play, and how I feel about your team as a whole. After seeing three or four games out of each of these teams, you kind of can get a gist for how you think teams are going to play, how they're going to look as they get better and get more continuity as the season goes on. So that's how I have them. If you don't like it, I don't really give a shit. It's kind of just how I feel about the teams. Um, the actual standings will be posted tomorrow. If you'll be hearing this, it would be when you're listening to this um, on Friday. So you'll see where they actually rank compared to what I have as power rankings. All right, 34 minutes in. Let's get to our week four preview. Week four preview, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games. We're running through one o'clock games this week. Uh, that's how it's going to be for the rest of the season. Um, some teams have had buys this year, but we're kind of over that at this point where, cause we're trying to get 10 games in, in seven weeks. So teams got to play these double headers sooner or later. If you keep pushing them off, they're going to happen in back to back weeks. So, um, I'm kind of happy. I got two of my three double header weeks out of the way in the first couple weeks. kind of gives us a little bit of breathing room as we only play one game a week for the rest of the year for the most part. So nine o'clock game Cowboys versus bills. This is Dan Anarella against, uh, Nick Douglas led bills. Um, let's put it like this. I'm gonna put it nicely. If the Cowboys show the type of energy at nine o'clock that they showed last week at nine o'clock, they're going to get smoked again. But I fully expect them not to have that same type of energy. I fully expect them to be way more amped up to play. Dan is playing against Douglas, who was his high school teammate. Douglas played line for Dan. Dan was playing quarterback from an Alpin. Douglas was his center, I believe. Um, so in this game, I'm just looking to see if the, if the Cowboys offensive line of Swags, Austin, and Ramos can contain and give Dan some time to throw behind uh, going against the D-line of Douglas, Mike Calka, Rhett, Rhett, who may lead the league in sacks right now, or he's probably in the top three before I get all this the, the stats updated. So I think the key to the game is going to be that offensive line and giving Dan some time to throw. Dan was definitely under pressure a lot in that last game against the Vikings. So I'm looking to see that group 
get back on track. His receivers are not are not gonna have a problem getting open. I'm not saying that they're way better than the Bills DBs. I'm just saying like they're they're good enough players to get open in this setting and I think they'll be fine. They're gonna push the ball down the field. Dan's gonna take his shots down the field. So the Bills secondary is definitely gonna have a, have to be ready for that. Um, I'm taking the Bills in this game. I think I said it before and I'll say it again. I think the Bills are one of the better teams in the league. I have them third in my power rankings. They are number two in the actual standings. So that's kind of where I lean. I lean the Bills. Uh, I would not be shocked if the Cowboys won this game, but I do do think that as long as Sobes plays turnover-free football, uh, the Bills should come out on top. But Sobes is one to take shots and uh, force balls into tight coverage from time to time. So the Cowboys DBs are going to have opportunities to make plays. So if you're Liam Casey and Chris Cruz and uh, Anthony Ponte, be ready to make plays because the ball is going to be up there for you for the gra- for grabs. Um, I like the Cowboys team. I just think that the Bills are the better team in this matchup. The other nine o'clock game is the Chargers versus the Raiders. This is a matchup I'm really interested to see because the Chargers have a team that can really play bully ball and really can uh, force you into having to actually play more some actual real football. Uh, when their offense is rolling, they, they're running pull plays with the linemen. They're getting Collis out in space. They're hitting their blocks, and the receivers are also doing a great job blocking. So um, I think in this game, the Raiders are going to have to match that physicality, and I'm gonna, probably going to say that about every team that plays against the Chargers. You're going to have to match their physicality, especially in the defensive line. Uh, DeLon, Fumundo, Claude, that is a, three, a three-headed monster on the line both sides of the trenches that can a get after you on D line and protect Collis and give him time. Um, I've touted the Raiders as one of the better defensive teams in the league. So I'm going to look to see if they're able to uh, stop this offense that outside of the really windy game last week uh, was putting up points in bunches. So um, I think I'm taking the Chargers in this game. I think that Collis gets and the Chargers get back on track. I think they're going to really try to run the ball. If the Raiders are going to win, they're going to have to um, be physical. Ace is going to have to be a menace at pulling flags in the middle of the field. Um, and he's probably going to have to shut a lot of blocks because I imagine that the game plan going in is going to be block Ace and I can make the rest of them miss. And that's probably what Collis' game plan is going to look like a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I, I'm taking the Chargers. If the if the Raiders were to win this game, I wouldn't be shocked. I just think that the Chargers are a better team at this point in the season. Um, I had the Chargers of a number two team in the power rankings. I had the Raiders at four or five, so I think this is one of the better games of the day. Might be the matchup of the week. As I look down, the, oh no, there actually are some really good matchups. Um, yeah, no, this definitely isn't the matchup of the week, but this is a really good matchup. Um, I'm looking for Hogreaf to make a statement here. He said that this season was going to be his statement at quarterback, and this would for sure be a statement win. Um, what I will say is that they may have a slight edge. Um, I'm not going to say an edge at like, like in the secondary and at receiver, but I just think I've seen more out of their receivers and DB so far this season. I'm not saying that, uh, Brazil, Brazil is a great player. Um, he's going to make a lot of plays in this game if Collis gives him the opportunity to on the offense side of the ball and on defense, he's a lockdown corner. So, uh, then I have to see what happens in this one, but I'm taking the chargers. All right. Next game of the day. We'll stick with the chargers. They have to play against the Steelers. I kind of wish this game was the first game of the day for the chargers, just because this game could be like game of the year type stuff. Cause the chargers and Steelers are two of, if not the most physical teams in the league. Um, this is going to be a matchup where whoever wins the trench battle, I think is going to win the game. Um, 
And I think it's very even in the trenches based on who is out there with Kev Morris, Joey Laguna, um, and Lebo against Alon, Claude, and Famundo, who I've talked about at extensive length on the podcast so far this season. Uh, they should probably take some stuff that the, the Lions did on defense and kind of look to use that. They're going to be able to push the pocket back. They're going to win some matchups on the defensive line. It's going to come down to if they can kind of outscore Laguna. Laguna is somebody that can put up a lot of points um, and in bunches and fast. So um, let's see how much the first game takes out of the Chargers against the Raiders. If they're able to get out early and I'm not going to say cruise because the Raiders are a good team, but if they're able to get out early and kind of coast to a victory, maybe that bodes well for them in the second game. But if they have to fight a, if they have to fight a really hard battle, um, in game one against the Raiders, it could have them tired for game two. Ooh, nice bucket. Wow. Um, sorry. I was watching March Madness right now. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Steelers in this game. It's going to be hard for me to bet against Laguna this season, but um, the Chargers definitely have the team to match up. Oh, that's not good. To have the team to match up with the Steelers, especially in the trenches. They're not going to allow them to be more physical than them because I think it's going to be the most physical game we see all season. So I'm taking the Steelers. Um, I like what they've done. They've only allowed points to one team so far. I don't expect the Chargers to get, blo- uh, to get blown out in this game, but I do think the Steelers come out on top. All right, in the other 10 o'clock game, we have the Raiders and the Cowboys that who will both be playing in the second game of their doubleheader. So that's a very even matchup where two teams will be coming off their first game looking to get, I have them both losing their first games, which means I have one of these teams falling to 0-2. Um, wow, this is, this is, this is going to be a, a good game. I think there's going to be a lot of shit talking in this game potentially because I know that the Raiders like to talk shit. Um, so... I think the key for the Cowboys in this game is to get up early and kind of force the Raiders into playing from behind. Uh, the Cowboys have the weapons, so do the Raiders. Cowboys, like I said, just need to play better on the offensive line, give Dan some more time to throw. Austin coming back this week should definitely help in that department. With that being said, I am taking the... Wow, shit, this is a tough matchup. Uh, I'm going to flip a coin. All right, we're taking the Raiders. I flipped a coin, landed on the heads. I had heads as Raiders. Uh, we're taking the Raiders in this game. I honestly don't know who to pick. I think this is a very even matchup. Probably a one-point spread, two-point spread for the Raiders in this game, if I had to say it. Um, Cowboys, I got them going 0-2, but I could easily see them going 2-0 in the day. They got two winnable games. The Raiders also have two winnable games. So uh, I had the Raiders going 1-1. I got the Cowboys going 0-2. But listen, Dan is a talented quarterback. He's got talented receivers in front of him. Um, they, I, I just need to see them, uh, flag pulling get a little bit better. Um, we were able to ba- break off some big plays last week. Uh, obviously I'll blame the cold a little bit to that. And then their energy was very low. I expect them to have much better energy in week four. And if they don't, they're going to get smoked in both games. I'm just going to be honest with you. Energy in this league is like half the battle. If you have energy and you're pulling flags, you're going to have an opportunity to win a football game. So go out there and do that. And you'll put yourself in a chance to win. But I got the Raiders going one and one day. Cowboys going two and oh, or oh, and two. All right, 11 o'clock. We have the Steelers playing in their second game of their doubleheader against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who did not play last week. Um, they are back this week for a doubleheader against two of the better teams in the league, in my opinion. Um, listen, I don't know how much energy the Steelers are going to have to expend in their first game. I expect it to be a decent amount against the Chargers because, like I said, the Chargers are a very physical football team. Um, the Jaguars' offensive line is going to have to hold up. And it's going to have to give Trevor some time to throw. Liam, Chris Johnson, 
um, Shamir, they're going to have to do their work on the outside and get find openings and get Trevor get Trevor to get the ball out fast. I know Trevor's very excited for this matchup as he's been writing in the captain's chat. He's very excited to play against Luna um, and the Steelers team who has been so good throughout the season thus far. Uh, keys to win for the Jaguars, I think, is you're going to have to limit, limit can't, can't turn the ball over, can't give Laguna short fields to work with, and you're probably going to have to put up a lot of points because this Steelers team puts up points and they put up points in bunches. So can't turn the ball over, can't let them score on defense, and your def- and your offensive line is going to have to step up and play well in this game. That go That's uh, that's Ubeer, that's Cologne, that's uh, Abdul Carvan, that's Jodell. So... Um, If they're able to step up and play well, this Jaguars team has a very good chance of winning, but I am taking the Steelers to go 2-0 on the day. I think that Laguna is one of the better, if not the best quarterback in the league right now, the way he's playing. And they have a very good team around them. Charlie hasn't even really gotten going yet for this team. Mike Konish has had a really good season. Kevin Morris has scored a bunch of touchdowns this year. Lou, um, uh, Jelani. Dave Fleming, they got a lot of guys that can just play ball and be really good at it. So um, the Jaguars, have, listen, the formula to being the Steelers right now, in my opinion, would be you got to score with them. You got to collapse the pocket on Laguna, force him into tough throws. And you just have to be really good in the secondary. You got to know who these guys are. They got a lot of speed on their, in their, at their receivers. Um, a lot of guys that are got game-breaking speed. So it just comes down to being very sound football players, sound flag football players, making flag pulls, not allowing big plays, and not allowing plays that end in touchdowns because you miss three or four flags. Now, they have some good flag pullers, the Jaguars, with Liam and Chris Johnson and Shamir, but uh, they're going to have to get, they're gonna have to play their A-plus game in this one if they're going to get it done. I got the Steelers winning. Jaguars fall to 2-2, two and two, in my opinion, on the, de- uh, on the season with this loss. All right, uh, other 11 o'clock game. I know I'm kind of rolling through them, but we're at 45 minutes, and I've been talking 45 minutes by myself, so not an easy task. But 11 o'clock game, Vikings versus Dolphins. Um, I'm going to be blunt about this. Vikings, we're going we're gonna to hopefully roll. Um, the Dolphins have not looked good this season. We've, we, we got back on track last week. The Dolphins need to definitely figure it out. Their offensive line needs to play a lot better. And I like the way my team played last week. And I think if we just need to build off that, get better, I need to just continue to play how I played last week, run the ball, get the ball out fast, not allow, not allow our team to, not allow myself to take as many sacks as I was taking in the beginning of the season, trying to extend plays too much, trying to outrun guys that I really can't outrun. Um, so I think as long as I play my best game or a pretty solid game, we're going to be all right. Pip returns this week for us. I don't think we have Dylan. Uh, Zach played well. Zach Shray played very well last week. A couple touchdowns. Um, defensive line played a lot better. Maybe I got to call them soft again before the game so that they continue to play with that energy. Um, I just don't want to see my team overlooking an 0-4 team because, yes, they are an 0-4 team, but this is amateur flag football where anybody can beat anybody on any given day. So, uh, if the Dolphins come out with more energy than us, they're going to make it a game. But I'm taking myself, obviously, I've never, I'm not going to pick against myself ever. If you're new to the podcast, I'm going to pick myself every single week. If you ask me why I picked myself, I'm just going to look at you like you have six heads because I'm never going to pick myself to lose. If I'm on the field, I think my team is going to win. So, uh, hopefully we have it done this week. I really like our chances. I think we, uh, have a good, we have a, we have a good matchup against the Dolphins this week. All right. Other 12, uh, no, sorry, that was, that was the last 11 o'clock game. 12 o'clock games, we have the Dolphins versus the Lions. The Lions and Dolphins are the two remaining 0-4 teams, so there will only be potentially one winless team at the end of this day. Um, 
The Dolphins are playing the second game of their back-to-back in this one. Uh, that could bode well for the Lions as so far in the two games that the Dolphins have played. The two times the Dolphins have played doubleheaders this season, their second games have ended short due to various reasons. Um, and they have only scored six points in those second game of those doubleheaders. I talked about how the Lions have not done a good job scoring in the red zone and consistently moving the ball on offense. So I'm going to see if they're able to do that in this game. Um, they need to come out with energy. They are going to see a team that, in my obviously prediction, they're going to lose the first game. So the Dolphins could be down on themselves after another loss. So if you're the Lions, come in with energy, be aggressive on defense, and just play your game. And I think you'll come out with the win. So I'm taking the Lions. I want to see Leota get back on track. I want to see this team get back on track and continue to play the good defense that I think they are playing this season um, and getting stops and turning the, turning the other team over and uh, forcing the other team into, into problems. So um, if they're able to do that, I think they'll get the win, but I would not overlook the Dolphins team because Negron has been able to get it going um, as season goes on in years past, as I alluded to during the recap portion of the podcast. So I'm taking the Lions. I expect them to be there in full, and I expect them to ball out and get this one. All right, other 12 o'clock game. We have the Bengals versus the Oilers. Bengals will be without Sam Allen and also without Jake Esposito and also without Matt Marola in this game. Um, so I, And they may need a sub. They may have another guy out, but I believe Connor Mullen will be playing quarterback for them. And I liked what I saw out of Connor last week. I'm just worried about in this matchup with the Oilers if his offensive line without Marola is going to be able to hold up. They still have Santiago and Roman. Roman can is able to – actually, both of them would be able to slide in at center and snap the ball well. Roman snapped for me during the championship game uh, for last season and did a fine job. And Santiago, I believe, was a center in high school, also has snapped many times in this league before. Uh, I just want to see Connor get rid of the ball. Use his legs, be aggressive with his legs, uh, don't run out of bounds, try to make big plays happen. The Oilers have shown that they haven't been the best offensive team this year. Um, they have had trouble scoring the football. I'm not sure what Jarrock's status is for this game, if he's healthy enough to play or not. I know he hurt his ankle the last time we saw him out there a couple weeks ago. Um, Mikey's probably, I would say 98% sure, is playing quarterback for the team the rest of the way. But this is a team that uh, if the not, if the Bengals aren't ready for it, then the Oilers are going to be able to punch them in the mouth with their very physical offensive and defensive line. Caleb Hunt, Steve Drew, um, Matt Hughes, uh, and then on defense also Mikey. Steve Cirillo uh, had a quiet week last week. I expect him to bounce back. Markel continues to be that anchor in the defense in the secondary. Uh, Bartlett has played well. I thought him and Mikey have a good connection from that Hawaii season. Um, so I just want to see the Oilers sustain more consistent offense and put, be able to put the ball in the end zone a little more consistently. And for the Bengals, I just want to see Connor continue to grow as a quarterback in the league. I think he's had, he had a really good, he had a really, I thought he had a pretty good game against the Bills in, uh, last week and the two starts he made when he last played in the spring of 21 or 22, I should say. Um, I thought he played all right. So I just want to see this team, this Bengals team really rally around Connor with not a lot of guys showing up this week. Um, and hopefully pull out a win. I think I'm going to take the Bengals in an upset. I know they don't have a lot of their guys, but I'm going to take the Bengals in an upset. I think this is going to be the upset of the week. The Oilers haven't had a great offense, but their defense has been very good. So if their defense is good, they could put the Bengals in trouble. But Keanu has been a star so far this season. He's been great throughout his bear down career. Um, and I think that the Bengals pull off the upset in this game and get the win against the Oilers.
All right, last games of the day. At 1 o'clock, we have the Jaguars, who are playing their second game of the day, but they will have an hour in between the games as requested by Trevor Garland. Or I shouldn't say requested. It was offered to him, and he said yes. So the Jaguars will be there for a long time, and they'll have an opportunity to sit and get some rest. They'll be playing against the Chiefs, who are only playing one game on the day. This is going to be a very good game. This is two of the very, very good quarterbacks in the league, and Trevor and Tommy, who have been doing it for a long time probably both since they were very young in this league for a very long time and two guys that know how to put points on the board and score and really get offenses moving uh can the Jaguars slow down Malik that's the number one question can the Jaguars get enough pressure on Tommy to force him into bad throws and turnovers Tommy's been very good in the last two seasons and not turning the ball over and not putting his defense in positions in bad positions where they have to bail him out he's done a very good job taking care of the football um but in this game, I'm looking at uh, X-Factor as Shamir. I think if Shamir has a big game in this game against the offensive line of the Chiefs, it could be a good game for the Jaguars' defense because you'll be forcing Tommy to get rid of the ball faster than maybe he'd like to. Uh, Tommy knows all the tricks of the league. He's been doing it forever. Uh, I like where he's heading. I like where this Chiefs team's heading. I think I had the Jaguars losing their first game, and I they got a tough doubleheader, man. Um I think for some parity, I'm going to take the Jaguars in this game, but I do have the Chiefs ranked above them, I believe, in the power rankings. Um, yeah, I'm just going to take the Jaguars. I have no really rhyme or reason for it. I just don't know if the Jaguars are going to go 2-0-2 on a day. I think they have two talents out of a roster, but um, their offensive line is just going to have to step up, continue to play well, continue to give Trevor time to throw. Uh, last time we saw the Jaguars out there, they lost a heartbreaker, so they could uh, they sit at two and one. They could easily be three and zero, as we we saw Liam just dropped a game winning touchdown. Nothing more about that than that. So, yeah, I'm taking the Jaguars in this game. I think they're gonna get back on track after the early loss that I have them projected to to the Steelers. And yeah, um, I guess I, if the Chiefs win, I'm not gonna be sh- shocked. If you're on the Chiefs and you're listening to this, do not come up to me after the game if you win. And say, you pick them, you pick them. Because I'm literally telling you that I have no rhyme or reason for picking either team in this game. I'm just taking the Jaguars because I don't know if I can see them going 0-2 on the day. All right, last game of the day. We've got the Lions versus the Niners. Uh, Niners get Suroff back. This is a little bit of a, a friendly, a great friendly matchup between Suroff and Leota. Uh, they've matched up before. Leota's gotten a win or two. Suroff's gotten a win or two. So, um in this game, I'm looking to see if the Lions, which I had them predicted to win their first game, can they build off that first game and get two wins on the day and get themselves back where they want to be in the league, which would be at two and four, putting themselves primely in contention for a playoff spot. Um, this Niners team, they're very athletic in the secondary with Simpkins, with Dins, with uh, Bowen and Augie, and they have good defensive line work with Sedano and Suroff on the edges or even Suroff in the, at the nose. Uh, it's going to be the same story with the Lions as we say a lot this year. Can their offensive line hold up? Can they give Leota slash Vin, whoever's playing quarterback, time to throw? If they are able to do that, I like that the Lions have a potential to win this game. But Surov lost two times the last time he was out there. I do not see him losing three straight games at quarterback. So I'm going to take the Niners in this game. I think the Niners get back on track. I think it's a close game. I think the Lions are going to fight like hell to win this game. Um, could be a physical game, could be some shit talking going on. Um, 
I, I think Vin needs to, I think, I think that Vin, Leota to Vin connection needs to get going. We haven't seen a lot of it this year. Let's give Vin some shots down the field. Let's give him some over the middle work. I think Leota needs to do a good job of when he steps up in the pocket, either making a decision, throwing the football or just running. Gain yards, don't take sacks, negative plays. Don't do that because it's just going to hinder your offense and it's going to put your offense right where it's been all season. Inconsistent. Not being able to punch it in when you're in the red zone and just not able to move the ball with a bunch of consistency. So I'm taking the Niners in this game. So I'd have the Lions going one-on-one in the day. But I do think there is potential for the Lions to win this game, especially if they come out with more energy than the Niners do playing at one o'clock. So yeah, so I have the Bills beating the Cowboys, the Chargers beating the Raiders, the Steelers beating the Chargers, the Raiders beating the Cowboys, I believe. I had the Steelers beating the Jaguars, Vikings beating the Finns, the Lions beating the Dolphins, the Bengals beating the Oilers in my upset of the day, uh, the Jaguars beating the Chiefs, which would also be an upset in my opinion, and the Niners beating the Lions, but I think the game will be much closer than people expected to be based on record. All right, that was 56 minutes of me talking um, to you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope my voice didn't annoy you for 56 minutes. Um, Tommy wasn't available slash only saw one game this weekend. So it would have been me mostly talking anyway for a majority of this podcast, but we bring you a podcast every week and I was not going to not do it because he was unavailable. So with that being said, I will see you at Sayerville high school, Sayerville high school at nine o'clock. I will be there around eight o'clock. So feel free to come around eight. If you'd like to see the games of the day, um, very excited for week four. I think the league is in very good hands right now. I think there's a lot of really good teams and a lot of teams with uh, any given Sunday potential. So see you out there on Sunday. Peace, everybody.